Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. All right, let's go ahead and jump off. Quick internal updates. This will be fast because progress is made. Progress is finally made. So first endeavor finally paid me. We're now talking one check per month, which doesn't work for me, brother. And so... It's inspiring me to escalate the other two endeavors. The second endeavor, they finalized the last pieces that were jacked up. Now it's just a matter of getting hardware, and that requires a different step. So once that's done, we should be moving forward. That um, There was a lot more meetings. We're starting to ramp up on that, and I've started to contribute, finally, for a change, because I can dial into the call. I just can't do anything. But I can at least contribute so they know I'm kind of legit, and I'm there to help them uh, succeed. So hopefully that'll start ramping up sooner rather than later. Third endeavor, I finished the paperwork I was able to. Next step is the fingerprinting. There's a gal coming out presumably tomorrow morning or afternoon to uh, collect fingerprints mobile. That's the last step that I would be able to control. Everything else is done. So if that goes forward and we get that finalized, and there's another form, the I-9 complete. We're good to go for the third endeavor, assuming nothing comes back weird or squirrely. So sounds like it's in a good spot. Hopefully it is, because like I said, it's a lot of freaking money if we can get it actually going. And I do want to kind of play hardball with the first endeavor. So to do that, I need money flowing from the second one for sure. The second one is a lot of money by itself. Uh, if I can get that one going, I can play hardball with the first one because I need to get paid more frequently, but I won't care as much if I get the second and the third. So that's kind of where I'm at there. Also, if you're listening to the podcast, CryptoTalkRadio.net, and you've not checked out our YouTube channel, I do recommend that you do. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash YouTube will take you straight there. Remember that the YouTube is an offshoot. It's a different show under CryptoTalkRadio's brand. So there's information that's shared on the podcast. There's information shared on the YouTube channel. Sometimes they intersect. Sometimes they don't. More often than not, the content on the YouTube side is exclusive to YouTube, mostly because a lot of that coverage takes like 30 minutes, sometimes 20, 30 minutes, and I don't want to have lengthy podcast episodes if I can afford not to. Now, that said, we are a podcast for the people. We welcome feedback. As we said on the introduction, we want to hear from you. So if you 
have feedback for us, CryptoTalkRadio.net. Hit the contact form, comes directly to me. We read each and every one of them, and we will listen and acknowledge that feedback, but we try to keep these episodes as short as we can do. Right now, we're averaging about 30 minutes per, which is right on target with what I wanted it to do. We know there's different tastes and appeal to different levels and lengths and styles and everything else. I do want to keep the cadence, but I am open to feedback in terms of things of length, things of content, and so on. Given this, let's go ahead and jump into our news. we got a couple of things on docket, and then we'll wrap up for today. So let's talk about some price action right at the jump here. If you haven't noticed, we had a pretty significant dip that happened earlier this morning, crack of dawn early morning. I want to explain a couple of things that I do know caused a lot of this, but I also want to put some perspective on some of it. So I'm looking at Ethereum with what I'm covering here today. It dipped as low as just under $1,200 earlier. It's rebounded since. Hovering very closely to $1,300. That's a very nice recovery. And Bitcoin, of course, dipped very closely to the um, 19,000 mark and then recovered ever slightly. Actually, it went as low as 18 at a point. I want to put into perspective two things. Number one, Bitcoin going too much lower past 19,000 for too long bodes very badly for price movement and it may trigger uh, it going down to the next level of resistance. The fact that it rebounded is a good sign. Here's what ultimately happened. There was a number of different things altogether that contributed to some of this. Number one, there was a lot of liquidation. So people were short, they were short and the exchanges had to basically sell off, liquidate their assets to make everybody whole. So there was a lot of that. There was like millions and millions and millions of dollars of that. That was a big portion of it. There was also just some general dumps, like just sells of cryptocurrency that I don't believe are because of sentiment. I believe it's more just a, a cash, getting cash, accumulating wealth or stabling, right? You might have people who are just trying to stable because they're not sure until they see that things are kind of going in the green. Bitcoin earlier, so a month ago-ish, had started going up and then it ultimately went back down, which doesn't surprise me, but I know some people are kind of like, okay, what's going on with this? And it's normal to feel skittish. It's normal to be skeptical. It's normal to be cautious with your wealth. I actually celebrate anybody who's cautious with their wealth. This is a good thing. So I've said multiple times, you've heard me, I'm a broken record. I do think things will recover. Nobody can tell you when. Even people who can read graphs better than Leicester, the problem is that there's just so much, there's so many variables and so many ifs, things like this liquidation situation. So many people were shorting. So many people might have been in long where they expected it to go on a bull run. There's so many variables that you can't perfectly predict this. And as a result, I've consistently said, be studious with your investment. Don't just YOLO into projects. Be smart about it. Just be smart about it. If you're concerned, stable and stay out of it. Don't be risky and don't, you know, don't be tempted. If you're a gambler, that's what it is. But don't be afraid to just say, you know, I'm going to stable for now or just get out of it for now. It's always going to be there. And if there's a fear of missing out, the FOMO effect, you can always just take a little bit, which is what I recommend anyway, and just kind of watch various projects until you start seeing some price movement and then make a decision. What I wouldn't want you to do is simply FOMO off of a green candle because we're not at a point where there's going to be sustained growth. And what I definitely don't want is that there's either a bull trap, meaning that there's a temporary pump that's designed for some of these who are shorted and at risk, 
where they're triggering a temporary pump just to get your money and they dump it, which is very close to what happened here. I wouldn't want that to happen. I also wouldn't want it where the pump is not sustained like we see in various projects. So just be smart with your wealth. Again, keep a roof over your head, keep food on your table. Your family's most important. More than anything else, this crypto thing, it's not going anywhere. It's always gonna be here. And this too shall pass. This is my opinion. You are free to make your own decision. We also saw that inflation is starting to be a little bit, it's misunderstood. I say misunderstood and it's in air quotes because the truth is smart people understood the truth, which is the opposite of what the current administration was saying in the United States. Everybody knew that inflation was going to be a problem. Everybody knew that inflation was runaway. Everybody knew that inflation was not back under control. And we knew this because we can tell that the gas prices, if some cases going up, some cases staying the same, they certainly were going down significantly. The administration patted themselves on the back when they targeted certain areas in a form of isolated groupthink, saying, hey, look, it's down to $4. Not realizing that we were at a point where gas was down to like $2 a gallon. So we know that this is a bad situation. I, was, I just had to buy some freaking bacon. It's like, again, I talked about this, $14 a pack, which is nuts. However, bacon is part of my diet, so I must rely on it. And unfortunately, I have to, there's only one brand, Wright's brand bacon. If you're listening to this, Wright's, I would love to sponsor you. Anyway, Wright's brand bacon is what I have to buy, and it's extremely expensive. I could buy the ghetto bacon from Amazon Fresh, but it's ghetto bacon. It doesn't cook very well. So we know that inflation's not so across the board. Not everything's gone up. Game consoles have not gone up, and that's mostly because they're already operating at a loss to get the console in your hands. Games, video games have not gone up, which is surprising to me, at least. So, but those companies are hurting, right? So then you're seeing lower quality on the video game side. This means that the games that you get are crap. If you notice, most of the games in crypto are largely crap. They're little pity eddy games. They're not games that would inspire you to invest a lot into them. And most of the mainstream games, they're the same game. It's either some first-person shooter game or some sports game or some scripted, they call it, quote, role-playing game, but it's not. It's a scripted something where you're just going through the motions and the gameplay is largely the same every time. So this is, has a connection to cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is expected to now follow the price movement based on the inverse of inflation, meaning that the worse inflation gets, Bitcoin is expected to go down. So if we expect that Bitcoin is the increase of price, uh, or inflation rather, is the increase of price, that we expect that the value of Bitcoin is going to decrease in concert. Now, if this is the case, it means that we can watch the inflation and see what happens over time. And it should tell us what's going to happen to Bitcoin over time. It also tells us that if we don't solve inflation once and for all, it means that we're not going to get out of the current bear situation that we're in. This stems to everything. This stems to food. It stems to rent. It stems to everything that we're dealing. And there's a logic to this, right? If you have higher expenses than people expected, most people will look at crypto and sell it as low-hanging fruit. It's easy access money. It's just an investment, just like they do on the stock market. The difference is that cryptocurrency has a higher volatility than the stock market because it doesn't have many of the same mechanics designed to minimize volatility, like the halting, for example. So I'm saying we might be able to use the current inflation situation to help us predict, better predict, what's going to happen to Bitcoin. We also need to see what happens with the potential blowout in November, because if people, again, get in office who are greedy just like you, 
and they fight to get inflation back under control, then we have to see what happens to Bitcoin. It's a very intriguing thought if they're able to get us back to some basic common sense. Tether, who's behind the USDT stablecoin, has been working behind the scenes to get rid of so-called commercial paper. Commercial paper implies that as a, so you have reserves, which is money, fiat. Reserves has form. So you could have reserves that are coming from commercial, whether it's commercial lenders or commercial in, you know, depositors or which not. And the thought was that they had too much commercial deposits in their reserves. And what they were trying to do is back that away, get away from the reliance on commercial money. The reason this is significant, much of the turmoil around like Terra, USD, you know, USD, right? Much of the turmoil around a lot of these has to do with when this large company, like when Tesla, right? They dumped off a bunch of tokens that they had. So they had put money into thing, they dump off and it kills the business. So the thought was, well, we may want to get away from some of these larger institutional commercial type in terms of the liquid reserves and get back to where the liquid reserves is more in their control, more fluid, more flexible, more readily available and for them. I don't know long-term, they didn't say, but I don't know long-term if this is an impact per se, but it is something to be aware of because if you're going to invest in USDT as in stablecoin, it goes to the stability and the trust of the asset because if they lose some of the reserves, it puts the token at risk. It's supposed to be one-to-one -to, -one to the whatever fiat. If they minimize how much reserves are there, regardless of the source, if they minimize those reserves, it may put your assets at risk. And that's something you want to be aware of and just be cognizant of as you do investments. What is the alternative? USDC from Circle is an alternative, I would argue. Binance USD is an alternative, I would argue. DAI is an alternative, I would argue. Of that list, I would say USDC is probably top of the list I would consider personally. This is not to trash on USD Tether because it's still, by and large, the number one token that is paired in terms of liquidity and for the exchanges. Speaking of Binance, BNB, the token, core token for the Binance chain, Binance Smart Chain in this case. The Binance, in terms of the company, they've been doing some burns around BNB, and what they implemented was a quarterly burn. This is a while ago, so they did a quarterly burn. This is the 21st quarterly burn that they just did today. So 2 million BNB burn. And what, they've, what this does is it keeps BNB's inflation from getting out of control. There was a hack just recent I talked about where apparently the hacker had was able to mint, so basically magic internet money, print a bunch of BNB, which might have hurt the supply or excuse me, the value, but Binance was able to intervene and burn just as much that was as was minted to help keep the price stable. This is the reason why BNB's price has not been anywhere near as volatile as some of the other tokens. This may create somewhat of a bullish sentiment long-term because if they've been able to keep their price stable compared to some of the other ones, it may cause investors to take a look over in the BNB. It's been bearish as of recently. I'm saying that long-term, there may be more to this if they're able to continue maintaining the value even during the disruptions like with what happens with Bitcoin. It's something also to keep an eye on, I would recommend. Coinbase recently came out and said that they have supported listing what I consider a garbage token. However, some people seem that that's a good thing, but I think it's a garbage token. Um, it's called Alluvium, ILV. It's a, it's a game on the Ethereum blockchain. And Coinbase is going to support this. 
Coinbase has been shifting. They've been supporting so-called altcoins more increasingly than before. They still have rigorous processes in front of it. I think it's a bad thing. Here's why. It seems like every time a token gets on Coinbase, particularly Coinbase, it seems like there's just more, I don't want to say pump and dumps, that's not fair, but it seems like the price gets less stable when they do this. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's specific to Coinbase itself or just something about the tokens. I'm not sure. If you're in this alluvium, just FYI, that that is now on Coinbase, apparently it says Coinbase main. I don't know if it's only Coinbase or Coinbase Pro or if it's both. I'm not sure. Here's what's funny. When this was announced, people were absolutely livid. And you're like, eh? because, because Coinbase, they had listed wrapped Luna at one point prior to the trash of Terra. However, they refused to list anything around Luna Classic to date. And so that has potentially limited how much traffic can be. Now, it's on pretty much every other exchange at this point. I don't think that having it Coinbase is going to be that much. The point is that people are upset that they listed this garbage as opposed to something that is actually a blockchain, that being the Terra Classic ecosystem. So investors are not happy with the decision. It'll be what it'll be. It'll pass. But just so you know, I want to talk a little bit about the liquidation and how the concept of flash crash in a simple term works. When you have a significant amount of wealth that is in various exchanges and they get liquidated because ultimately you're not net even, right? You don't do a stop loss. <laughs> so it goes the other direction than what you meant. So let's say you do a long. In a long, you're expecting it's going to go up at some point and you're basically gambling it's going to go up. Let's say it does go up, but it goes up further than you thought. That's bad. Let's say you're shorting. When you're shorting, you're expecting it to go down. So when you short it, if you if it goes down too much, right, or it goes up, those are bad. So if it goes down too much, what happens is, let's take Bitcoin's recent example. And in general shorting, down is good. But I'm saying when it dips to a certain point, and if you don't take profits, this is the key. If you didn't take the profits and it comes back up, you might boom, get liquidated because sometimes they'll put a, a cutoff. They'll tell you that if it hits this amount, we're going to liquidate you and you don't realize it. So you put in a short saying, hey, it's going to drop by $1,000. Go to bed and the thing is, it didn't look like it's gone down, but all of a sudden you get an alert and it says you've been liquidated and it's because it did go down, but it rebounded. That's what I mean that the further it goes down, the faster it's likely to rebound if it's something that's a popular and Bitcoin, obviously, right? If it's garbage, like say Doge Chain, right? Doge Chain just went down. It, it pumped, sure, but then it just went down. It's never recovered. So you could be shorting it right now and probably make some money. The problem is it's so near the bottom, you're not going to make very much. But if it's something where it just launches and you start seeing it dwindle down and you put a short in right at that point because you don't think it's going to recover, you could then make profits that way. And that's what some people are doing. Well, if you don't time it right, or you don't do your stop loss, right? Or you don't do something to make sure that you take that profit before it hits an inverse, if it recovers or reverses. If you don't, that's where liquidation hits. A lot of the big players, the big money players, you got to understand, they don't do regular invest money into this garbage and then hold, hold, hold. Let's go. They don't do that. What they do is they'll go to the exchange, 
They'll see what looks like it's got the opportunity to do something, whether up or down. They'll toss major bags into it, or they'll lend their money out to other people to do this. Then they're basically playing the market. They're playing it's going to go up, playing it's going to go down, and that's where they make the vast majority of their wealth. It's not the regular investments like normal people, like those listening to the, to, to the show. So they estimated very recently roughly $250 million worth of Bitcoin and other tokens liquidated with them basically over the last day or so. That's a large number. I want to put in perspective. A quarter, basically a quarter of a billion dollars liquidated. And that's the concept of a flash crash. At, in a very short span of time, there's a significant enough bag of wealth that gets liquidated out or sold out. Let's say it could be a sell that causes so significant of a dip. And when those happen, what tends to potentially occur is you might have people who look at that and they think, oh, the end is near, like the song, right? And then they dump off uh, due to FOMO. They don't want to, they want to keep the bag and sell out or they stable because they don't know how far it's going to go down. In this case, fortunately, people said, ah, it's a blip, whatever. We'll just buy the dip, you know, like you're told to do and hold or other people got in like the rich ones got in because it was, a, it was a discount. So in this case, we did recover. However, long-term this happens too many more times. It's not good for the crypto industry. Shib Shiba Inu drought adds another zero as I predicted on the last episode, because again, investors are not happy and there had been sales and a lot of things hurting the project. Something very recently had happened. I get the newsletter from the Shib ecosystem just to kind of keep tabs on what's going on. And just for newer listeners, some time ago, I want to say maybe November, December, I had sent out a message via social media. This wasn't the current social media account. It was a different one. I sent out a message and I was warning the SHIB ecosystem that, you know, you had this, because what they had was they built up ShibaSwap and in ShibaSwap, you stake your bone, you stake your leash, stake your SHIB, and it was supposed to give you distributions but they also said they're going to give you this Ryoshi's vision, which is another token on Ethereum. So I'm like, okay, that's great. And at first, it was actually a lot. You got a lot of this stuff. Well, they started where you weren't getting the rewards. It wasn't happening as frequently as you thought. And for whatever reason, you're not hearing anything about where the heck are my rewards. So I reached out to the ship team and they're like, we're out of it. We can't do anything. Okay. So I reach out to Ryoshi vision and they don't respond to me. So then I'm, I expose them on social media, basically saying, Look, I'm trying to get an answer here because it looks like your rewards are jacked up. And at the end of the day, you promise people something and I need to report what's happening and tell people. And I remember this Ryoshi's Vision account came back and said something along the lines of no contention here deep, 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 or something to imply that everything's good between the two of these. So I'm like, all right, I'll just marinate in the cut and watch this business. So just earlier this week, they had the SHIB team, now a little bit ago, they had sent a separate email similar to the one I'm about to tell you about. But this time they sent an email that said, you know what, we're, we're taking over this other thing. It's the burn portal. We're taking it over because apparently they had given that to Ryoshi. I don't know why. Ryoshi's vision. We're taking this over. We're going to do the development because we can't count on the rewards. People weren't getting the rewards. Apparently they had set up where if you stake or not stake, burn your shib, you get rewards of some kind. I had never done it because I was so pissed off at what these jokers did on this Shiba swap. I'm like, if you screw that up, you're going to screw up everything else. Come to find out, yeah, they're taking it over because apparently Ryoshi's vision is going to be going to doing music and other garbage that ain't going to work. <laughs> so now they're finally seeing, they didn't want to come back and get my credit. 
that these guys, these numb nuts are idiots who are ripping people off and not doing the rewards. This is the year to date. And the Shiv team basically deflected with a Chewbacca and blamed Ryoshi's vision. Ryoshi's vision said nothing and came back with an arrogant response. But I'm trying to help keep people safe of the fact that one of the two of you is screwing up and you're not paying rewards. And it's this whole fiasco. So now for a whole freaking year, people are not getting the rewards that they should. And Shib's holder count has harmed as a result. People are not dealing with Shib anymore. They're not happy. They don't care about the dog walking in the woods and all the garbage. They want reliable results. And Shib has largely fallen off the chain. Well, now that it's gained back another zero, is it the end of the world? Absolutely no, it's not. However, a lot more people are selling Shib than any other token. Because remember, Shib did not have any major mechanics. Shib didn't have anything fancy about it. And the biggest mistake I think they ever made was when they announced, hey, look, you know, we are going to have Bone be the gas token for our, quote, Shibarium, which doesn't make any freaking sense because Shib is the one that has a significant supply. And as I broke down on YouTube, it's going to take at least 20 years to burn through it. Then you have all these mistakes, missteps, and issues that they keep having. I am not sympathetic, and I know that seems rude, but the point, the point is, They've made a lot of mistakes. They've declined help. They didn't want to smoke when I tried to help them. And here we are. The last thing I'll talk about, Tron, TRX. Many people don't talk about Tron. You know, it's one of those, it's one of the core coins. It's blockchain. People don't really talk about Tron. And I'm going to explain to you why people don't talk about Tron. Tron is one of those that it seems like it's shunned by the exchanges that support the United States. So, for example, Coinbase has never supported Tron to my recollection. I can go to KuCoin and probably get it, but because Coinbase does not, Coinbase is my go-to. If I need to, it has my credit card. If I want to use it, that's where I need to go. Because of this, I believe some of its accessibility is at concern or at risk because it's harder for people in the United States to get access to it. Not impossible, but it's just harder. And then the problem is, when you get on Tron itself, so let's say that you do get some, you have, there's a specific wallet for this. You have to get into that wallet in order to get into that blockchain. It's hard to interchange it unless you go to a centralized exchange. So it's had some issues trying to deal with this. Well, people are increasingly jumping on the Tron blockchain, and it's because the Commonwealth of Dominica announced that they're going to start using the Tron blockchain to power their coin, a Dominica coin. Now, this is interesting. This is the first time, so like El Salvador, whichever, said, you know what, we're going to just go all in Bitcoin. And people are like, are you nuts? That's crazy. This is different because now what they're talking about is we are going to actually have our own coin. And this has been talked about in like Florida, but like for a commonwealth, say we are going to have our own coin and use it for promotional purposes to generate kind of our own thing and then support, you know, citizens be able to pay taxes for cryptocurrency and kind of going all in backed by the Tron blockchain. Well, that's going to open the doors for accessibility because if you have an entire Commonwealth who is going all in on blockchain, it means that people like your Coinbase's of the world have no choice but to sit up and pay attention. As a result, the price of Tron, it's still wavering kind of sideways, but it has a little bit of a bullish signal behind it. And it's one to keep an eye on. I do recommend it because as I've said, all of the core coins, they can never steer you wrong. This is yet another example. Just be aware if you're in the United States, it's harder than it should be to get into this business. Last bit, this is not news, but just an announcement for you. 
I follow, I subscribe to a channel and the person's name is Happy Caddy Crypto on YouTube. That's Happy Caddy, just like Cat Caddy Crypto. Um, great person. He does almost exclusive, not exclusive, but almost exclusive coverage on Luna Classic. So if you're interested in Luna Classic, I do recommend his channel. The reason I'm giving him a shout out here is uh, there's a banner on the Terra site where apparently he's going to set up being a validator. That's exciting because number one, it's supporting somebody that I think is a great uh, YouTube personality, but also he's going to contribute to the burns as part of his uh, validation. So if you stake your Luna Classic with this, once it goes live, he's going to contribute to the burn. And like I said, <laughs> with my lunk challenge, this is what we need to see. And it's a great utility because we need the validations. That always has to be a thing. And the burn helps contribute to it. And he's doing his part. It costs him money to set up to be a node for validation. And it's it's kind of competitive. There's stuff you have to do. So he's putting in work to get that going. Kudos to him for that. Uh, I think it's excellent. Fantastic. It caused me to think, well, you know, why can't more do this? And it turns out, a classy crypto who's a youtuber i hear that he's working on trying to set up to be a validator now i have my own opinions about classy crypto regardless of my opinion if he contributes to the validation that's good helps the ecosystem if he contributes with the burden that'd be even better so i don't think classy listens to me because don't know a damn about me but if he does i'll wish classy well in his support of the luna classics um revival and we'll kind of go from there so for folks that are kind of not in Luna Classic and you're kind of watching from the sidelines, stay there if you're not sure. I'm not pressing you to get into it. I'm simply providing this for people that are in it or planning to be in it. It's in a waiver period. It's in the middle ground. I do expect it's going to recover. I do expect it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a while before we see some of that, especially what happened with Bitcoin. So if you're one of those that really wants to be very studious with your money and I celebrate you for being you, feel free to stay on the sidelines of it. I'm not broadcasting that you should get in simply sharing the information for those that are in or plan to be in so they're aware that there are going to be other options coming out of really good people that do want to help support the ecosystem and that's what we really need in cryptocurrency and i'm happy to see it i'm happy to be a part of it with the lunk challenge do catch us this weekend please on the youtube channel if you haven't already i'm going to be unveiling hopefully if my package arrives a brand new setup not a new setup but a new something a new widget for my set. And I believe it's going to look awesome based on the vision I have in my head. I have to move my desk, but if it works, it's going to be absolutely amazing, amazing sauce, amazing balls, or whatever the kids like to say. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of smart, strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really 
looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.